Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 21. I'm going to read it. You can follow along with me in your Bibles. Not that I have already obtained this, for I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join me in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the examples you have in us. For many whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. This is the word of God. I would encourage you to keep your Bibles open and to follow along as I um, exegete this passage. Now, <clears throat> we know that we are looking at the book of Philippians. For those of us who are new and who have not been with us, I'll, I'll be looking at this book. We know that Paul is writing this to the church in Philippi, or in oftentimes in scripture also mentioned as a church in Macedonia. This church was formed or rather birthed in Acts chapter 16 verses 9 to 10. You can go back home and read that passage. It's just two verses. But it's Lydia and the jailer, a jailer's family. They're the first converts in Macedonia to come to Christ. And from there is where the church is birthed. And now when Paul is writing back to them, we saw in the start of the book of Philippians that this church has elders and overseers. And deacon, something that we read about this morning. This is a healthy church. It has a church which is functioning properly. It has membership in place. It has people in the church who are working together. Uh, and Paul is writing to them, this church. And last week we saw that what Paul was trying to tell them is that Christians have no confidence in the flesh. That is not where Christians put their confidence in. Neither do Christians put their confidence in anything that is earthly. Rather, they count all earthly things as loss. Or we saw the word that Paul is using there in the actual is dung, compared to knowing Christ. That means the riches of this world, the possessions of the world, the loving, the things you love the best in this world, all of it is dung in comparison to knowing Christ. And that's what we saw last week. And so even as we come to this passage this week, we'll continue from there. Now, I don't know if you took part in any sports in school, but I love taking part in sports in school. And I had many cups. I don't know where they are gone now, but when I was small, I would win a lot of trophies. One of the things that I could remember, which connects to this passage, is long jump. And so I don't know if you've done long jump or if you've seen the Olympics that was happening uh, you've seen the long jump. 
one thing what you try to do is when you go towards a long jump is you try to aim beyond as far as you can see and when you take a run up you run as fast as you can you have to just jump between a line that they've made if you jump behind it it's okay but your distance will become shorter but if you jump before it or on the line if your leg goes across just like in cricket bowling it would be you'll be disqualified and you need to go run again and so therefore you make sure that you just jump exactly on the line and you jump as far as you can see so you push your body with all the might that you have with as far as you can and fall in the sand and when you fall in the sand you're supposed to put the weight of your body either in the ground there or towards front because if you fall backwards like this what would be counted is from the back behind so even if you your legs landed here you put your hands behind the measurement will become lesser and so therefore you put your you aim ahead and you put your best and you run and you try to jump as far as you can and so when you finish a long jump and if you jumped well and if you jump uh, everything like i told you and it also you need to be fit and other things as well i don't know whether if, with my body now if i can throw it like what i used to do when i was much younger but at the end you win a prize and it's similar to what paul is talking today but it's not the same so if you take part in if you take part in sports what we are looking at today this passage is similar but it's not the same the main point of today's sermon is walk as citizens of heaven towards a goal and prize in Christ Jesus which is being with him in heaven i'm going to repeat the main point of today's passage walk as citizens of heaven towards a goal and prize in Christ Jesus which is being with him in heaven that is the goal that we walk towards remember i said you aim as far as you can and in our christian lives what we are aiming for is to be with him in heaven that is why we are here that was why we live our christian lives the first point we can see from verses 12 to 16 is press on towards the goal or the prize all uses both these words in Christ Jesus press on towards the goal or the prize now remember the goal of the prize is to be with Christ Jesus in heaven so press on towards it in Christ Jesus that's the first point we can see now if you read this passage before or if you followed along with me as i read it what you can see clearly is paul is saying that he has not obtained the goal already he's not yet obtained it neither has he been made perfect but what is he doing but he presses on to make it his own and what is the reason that he gives we know the reason because of the word because there right if you're joining with us during the bible study we're seeing how to study the text and so the word because gives us the reason why he presses on the reason he gives is he's pressing on because Christ Jesus has made me his own Christ has made us his own the reason you and i run this christian life is not because we compete with one another in that race which i spoke about we compete with one another 
Here, you do not compete with one another. It's different. That's why I said it's similar in one sense, but different. So here, we are not competing with one another. So therefore, this is a different race. But at the same time, over there, we're waiting for a reward at the end. Here, too, we are waiting for a reward at the end. So it's similar in that sense. But here, there's something different, something even more significant. We are promised that we will receive a prize. Unlike the race that I spoke to you about, like, if, like I said, if I throw myself now as far as I can, in my head I might think, you know, when I was in Dubai, we went trekking, and uh, we went into the mountains sometimes to trek, and there were places which I saw, and if I would have jumped when I was younger, I could have easily jumped. And I thought, my mind is still young, right? I've not done trekking for many years, maybe 10 or 15 years. And so I threw myself to jump. And have you played the video game Mario? Sometimes when you don't land as far as you can. I plonked out right in the middle. And then luckily I caught myself in between and then I had to climb myself back up. So basically, I can't do it now as, as I could. But in the Christian life, it's different. God promises you that you will receive a prize. And this is not because of our doing, it's because of the doing of another. And because it's because Christ has made us his own. That is the reason Paul is giving. How did he do this? He did this by overcoming sin and death on the cross. He did this by running the race in our place. So the race we run now is not to say that because of the race I ran or because how efficiently I run the Christian race, I become a better Christian. The reason we get the prize is because Christ ran the race perfectly. The reason you and I would be in heaven is because Christ ran the race perfectly. Hebrews 4.15 puts it beautifully. He says, one who is in every respect has been tempted yet without sin. This is Jesus. You know, you and I, even in our thoughts, we sin. Forget our hearts, forget our, the things we do. Even in the motives that we have, sometimes we have evil intentions. Even within our family, sometimes we have expectations of one another. But Christ Jesus knew all of us. He knew all our sins and yet he chose to die in our stead on those who would believe on him, those who would put their trust in him. And so this is a person who we are talking about who has not done a single mistake, not a single fault without sin. And Paul says in response to that, we run this race. This, this, this assurity that Christ has given us that you will receive a crown at the end should not make us feel, oh, I'm going to receive a crown now, so I don't need to run. Oftentimes people are scared of that. You shouldn't give any assurance. If you give assurance, people won't run. People won't live as they have to live as a Christian. The assurance of of your life in Christ, the assurance that you would be with Christ should not stop us from running the race. It didn't stop Paul from running the race. It didn't stop the apostles or the early church from running the race. 
Therefore, it shouldn't stop us as well. It should not discourage us, but rather encourage us to run more faithfully. Encourage us to run because Christ has run for us in our stead. Paul further says he forgets all things, all that lies behind, and he looks forward, looks ahead. What are these things that he's talking about? This is in connection to what we saw last week. In other words, he's not looking back to the life that he left behind. Remember, he was a perfect Jew. Remember, he was uh, the Hebrew of Hebrews. So, in according to all that he said, those nine qualifications that he gave, where he was perfect as a Jew, he's not looking back to it in all his Jewishness. And therefore, he's telling the church in Philippi, the church in Macedonia, and the church in Mira wrote today through his word, that we too should not look back to the life that we've left behind. Have you made sacrifices for Christ Jesus? Then don't look back. Oftentimes you've seen Christians who look back and they go back. They've made a sacrifice, but a few years down the line when things get hard, they go back. Let us not go back. But also what are these pleasure, pleasures in life which our hearts are drawn to that we keep looking back to? What are some of these things that we can identify? Paul, remember, I said in the start, and he said it, we saw this last week, he says all of this he counts as loss. And here, I want you to notice, he is not only saying, okay, I'm going to leave everything and follow Christ. In leaving everything, he's not only cutting out the ties with the world, in, in his love for the world, but he's replacing it with a greater pleasure, a greater love. What is that greater love? What is that greater pleasure? You know, you and I are people who are made to desire something. When we re remove desires of the world, we need to replace it with a greater desire. Therefore, that's why if you're struggling with sin, if you fight sin, you need to also pursue righteousness. That's a greater pleasure. Because if you're only trying to put that sin and not trying to pursue righteousness, you replace one sin with another sin. And that sin with a greater sin. It's the same when Jesus is speaking of demons, right? When one, if you chase one away and the house is empty, it comes with more stronger, stronger men than them and holds a fort. Similar to sin. So what do we replace it with? We replace it with Christ Jesus. Our love for Christ Jesus. We hold true to what we have attained and we walk in that and we count everything as loss. So, Remember, in our Christian life, we need to hold on to Christ and his prize that he's promised us, to which we are running to. So that's something you do, pursue righteousness, pursue holiness, but also reject the things of the world. Do not turn back to any sacrifices you've made and say, oh, I wish I get that. Your heart longs for that. I know my heart often feels that. I just recently have left a well-being job and now... When at times at home, when I'm bored, I'm like, man, I wish I was working. And oftentimes people ask me, what are you doing now? And sometimes I'm tempted to say I'm a motion graphic artist. Though I may be doing it for the church in other ways, but that's not my main thing that I'm doing right now. I'm not, or I, I'm tempted to say, oh, I used to work for Disney and Marvel. You know, you, all those are things that you pride on the things of the world. 
But God wants us not to look back. And so as much as you want to look back, I'm saying even in my heart, I often want to look back. So it's not just something that's struggles that some few of us have. But through the Holy Spirit who empowers us, he enables us to look forward. He enables us to run the race and to look to Christ, to someone who's greater than any other thing. What are some of the greatest things that you could think of? For me right now, what I gave was some of the greatest things that I would think of to work for Marvel and Disney. But that, in compared to loving Christ, the Bible says, not I, is done. So whatever it might be that you hold on to is done compared to knowing Christ. Now I'm not saying all of you are leave your jobs and sit at home. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if your life is living only for the sake of this one thing that is apart from Christ, then that's a God in your life. That needs to come down the ladder and Christ needs to go up. That is what I'm saying. And Paul says... Mature Christians in Philippi and otherwise think likewise. That is, they run to what endures. They pursue to what stays. They pursue to what Christ is going to give them as a prize which lasts forever. Now this brings us to the second point, which is from verse 17 to verse 21. Walk as citizens of heaven Awaiting the Lord Jesus Christ. The second point is walk as citizens of heaven, awaiting the Lord Jesus Christ. This is from verse 17 to 21. Paul encourages us to do this, how? By imitating him and imitating those who have set an same example. A good question to ask ourselves is, who is this person in your life? Who you walk? who lives an holy life unto God, who, who is open to confess sin, who flees from sin, who pursues righteousness, who gives sacrificially all their time, all their life, everything that they have, who lives for the audience of one, for the kingdom of God. We know Paul did that, but Paul says imitate him and others as well. Who are others around you in the local church that you can look to who live like this? Pursue such men, pursue such women, and learn from them. There have been brothers around me who I could look to and learn a lot from. God uses us all, even as weak as we are, to encourage one another. And so, this is not an optional thing that Paul is saying. He's saying to imitate one another. This is a command that Paul is saying. Imitate one another and be ready to follow and live like they are doing. You know, I put the Gospel Coalition link on the church group. I don't know how many of you heard it about a testimony of some people. And I said specifically to hear this because it's a one hour uh, audio. I'm not sure if all of you have the time to listen to it. But there was a 15 minute testimony of this girl from, from last year, 2018 or 2019. Actually, this was during the Charles Simeon workshop for women men which happened in Dubai and so she gave her testimony even from someone a sister in Christ who living somewhere in the world by just listening to her what you can learn or what at least what I learned is to risk my life for the sake of the gospel 
she and her husband are both living over there for the glory of Christ. And here we have a, a country which allows us to freely worship. Though it may be hard in different places, different kinds of hardships, but we still have the freedom to worship God. Are you taking that opportunity and are you using that for the glory? This woman over there trains young women with Bible studies, how to study the Bible. The same thing we are doing on, in, on Wednesday is what she's doing with other women. The reason she's learning it is because in, in that culture, only women can teach women. Men cannot teach women. Right? So therefore, she's using the culture and what freedom they have given to teach the women in the church there. How can we equip one another? How can we imitate one another? How can we walk in righteousness? Because why? Because Paul says many walk as enemies of the cross. Who are these enemies of the cross? These are people who at one time loved the cross and have left it. These are people who ignore the cross. These are people who hear of the cross but choose not to follow it. These are people who do not know about the cross. These are people who have other longings and love above than Christ. What does Paul say about them? There's three things that he says. Their end is destruction. What is that? Eternal destruction, hell. Their God is their belly. So these people are self-centered, selfish, thinking only of what they desire, not of the other person, not of someone else. Even within your family, right? one of the commands for husband is what? Love your wives. Think of her as your own body. Love her more than yourself. All these are ways you sacrifice your own. The Christian life is to sacrifice your own desires for the lives of others. And so I live my want and I leave my desires for y'all. Likewise with one another. All of us leave our wants, our desires for one another. The world says, hold on to what you can get. Take things as fast as you can get. Don't be too slow, otherwise you'll leave the opportunity. The world teaches us to be opportunists. But the Bible does not say likewise. I know we need to be wise when we go into the world. So in the world, don't go with unbelievers. And, but at the same time, do not let the want for the things of the world overpower you where you blaspheme the gospel in the way you live before unbelievers. So we need to be balanced when we are outside in the world, but do not bring the world in the church. Sadly, too often in many places, people have brought the world into the church. And so they're often fighting amongst each other, even within churches. Because they're living for their own desires. Their God is their belly. So this is the second thing he says. First thing he says, the end is destruction. Means eternal destruction, hell. Second is their God is their belly. Means they're self-centered, thinking only of what they want. My desire, I, I. You know when you speak to a person and you hear him always say I, there's something wrong with you, especially if he's a Christian. Encourage him to say something else other than I. We and ours. That's why when we pray in church, we say we often. What's the next thing? He said their glory in their shame. What does this mean? What does their glory in their shame mean? Means their glory is found in the things of the world. 
the things that Paul spoke as dung in the previous verses, they glory in that. That in the world may look like a big thing. But in Christ's kingdom, if that takes the first place, it is shame. And they glory in it. Brother and sister, what are these things that you find glory in apart from Christ Jesus? Is there anything else where your hearts are set on? Is there anything else where your minds are set on? And then finally he says their minds are set on earthly things. What are these earthly things that the mind is set on? Earthly things are not just bad things. Earthly things can be good things that become God things. Good things that can take the place of God. Even a family can become earthly things. Even a relationship can become an earthly thing. Even your jobs, all these are blessings from God, right? But they can become an earthly thing if you replace them in the place of God. And so my question to you is, does anything in your life which you pursue fit these things that we were speaking about, these categories that we just saw? Do you live life for your pleasure alone? Or are you living your life for the pleasure of others? And in some of us, we may claim that we live our lives for the pleasure of others, or we are living our lives in pursuit of Christ because you know it. So if someone asks you, you say, yes, of course, I'm a Christian. I live for him. But what? it does not matter what you say with your mouth. It matters what you live out with your lives. Does your life reflect that, what you're saying with your mouth? If not, then what? You heard the saying, right? Actions speak louder than words. And what you're acting out is what you actually believe. We can say one thing in what we believe, but what we act out is what we actually believe in the recesses of our heart. And so when I'm saying, ask yourself, I'm saying, look at your actions and see what you pursue. And today is a time now. Don't wait till I can get this. If I get to this position in life or in my relationship, if I grow here or in this, if I become this thing, then I will let go. Elsewhere in scripture it says, if you think that way, that way, you're a fool. Jesus says, tonight I will come and you will see judgment in your house. We might go home, we may fall asleep and never wake up. We may go for a afternoon nap and never wake up. So today is the time. What does God want of us? Repent and believe. Repent and believe in Christ. Not our works, like I said before, it's not our works that bring us anything in Christ Jesus. It's Christ's perfect work that allows us to come. And so, let us pursue Christ and Him alone. Watch out that we are not found as enemies of the cross. Rather, that we are found as those who are saved by the work of the cross. Not as enemies of the cross, but people saved by the work of the cross. And so if you're convicted today, and I hope all of us are convicted, that you will repent and come to Christ. For apart from him, there is no hope. There is only hope in Christ Jesus. He alone is our hope. And so speak your heart to him. 
but also confess your sins to one another. Find someone who you trust, someone you would know, who you think is uh, strong in Christ Jesus, and go to him or go to her. Women, go to women, men, go to men. Pour out your hearts to them and find, ask them to help you out. Confess your sins to one another is what the Bible says. And what is the promise for us? That we will await for Christ Jesus who comes, who will transform our lowly earthly bodies to be glorious bodies. This is the power of Christ when he returns triumphantly, subjecting all things to himself. We will be subjected to him in love or we will be subjected out of his wrath, out of his judgment. Every knee will bow, whether we bow it out of worship, in awe and adoration because we love him, or because of our sins. In closing, I would encourage us to run not for earthly pleasures and desires and things of the world which are fleeting, because that's what they all are, but to run to, for things that last. What is the thing that lasts? Remember, it's Christ Jesus and to be with him forever. And so as we go back this week, let us focus on the things above and not on our teachings. And let us with joy await Christ who will return again, who will transform our lowly bodies into heavenly ones like his. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you've sent Christ the perfect one who has ran this race perfectly and who has made us his own. Wretched children, children of wrath, children who does not deserve your love, but you poured your love upon us. You sought our hearts and you have set your love upon our lives, Lord. We thank you for the work of the cross. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, we pray that you would convict us through your word as we heard it this morning. And we all we pray that as we go back this week, even as we hear it now, that we would confess our sins and that we would find hope and strength and our longings will be placed in you. And apart from you, that we would find hope in nothing else. Lord, we pray like with the Israelites, as you broke the idols, as the judges went and broke the idols, through the Holy Spirit, through the convicting of our hearts, would you break the idols of our heart, O oh God, and help us to put our heart on you and to fix it on you alone. Like we sang today, you are the anchor of our soul, the anchor that never moves, that never fails. So help us to anchor our hearts on you and you alone. And I pray that at the end, as we await your coming, that our bodies would be transformed the heavenly bodies, these lowly earthly bodies. All of us are going through different kinds of struggles and sicknesses. All of this would go away. That we would be clothed with glorious heavenly bodies. Bodies that would not see decay. Bodies that would not feel pain. Bodies that would not be tempted to the flesh and to the things of this world. Bodies that would glorify you in heaven forever. Bodies that are perfect that would live for the honor of your name. I pray that you would stamp this deep in our hearts as we go this week for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.